basically I had a big misconception. I'm I'm, I'm uh, open to saying this because I made a statement, made it probably a couple times on here about you know how I feel like in my opinion many people know about the gospel, um, and if you. Even, like 70% of people classify as Christian, and then even more than that, people have heard the gospel. People know who Jesus is, but I've joined a new discipleship class on Wednesday nights, and I mentioned that because we were talking about you know how to disciple people, how to spread the gospel, and I mentioned this. It, it seemed like he was always talking about people who don't know the gospel in India and these foreign countries. I was like, well, what about in America? Um, you know, People who know the gospel, um, does these strategies still apply? And he's like, uh, and then I mentioned the 70% statistic. He goes, I think your numbers are way off. I think, you know, just in our area, I think 70% of people are lost. They don't know Jesus. Baby, open up to me. Don't give up so easily. Open up your just in our area i think 70 percent of people are lost they don't know jesus i was like really um and there's this guy named next to me his name's caleb um and he's like yeah you need to come to outreach with us one time bro um and you'll really see you know, I go to Texas A&M University, if y'all don't know. I mean, you'll really see, like, how lost people are. So I went out there on Thursday. Today is Saturday morning. I went out there on Thursday from 1 to 3. And we're out there talking. And um, I I guess this this predetermined notion in my head came from growing up in Poth. I kind of wanted to talk to you, Brayden, too, about, like, rodeo and everyone thinks they're a Christian. It's like a culture, but I kind of took that notion, this Christian culture that everyone calls himself a Christian. And I kind of like, uh, stereotype the whole, you know, like conservative A&M conservative Texas, right. Or the country. But in reality, we were out there spreading the gospel to these people. And like only one out of five people were out there for two hours. Only one out of five people knew the gospel. And knew Jesus and called himself a Christian. Even called himself a Christian. We're out there and we're talking. And one guy thinks, he goes, you know, we're made up of matter. And, you know, my soul is energy. And and by the time I die, my soul and my energy will go back into the earth. And it will, will like, it's a recycle effect with my soul. And we're out there and we're just, you know, this Caleb guy, his name is Caleb Elliott, I think. Uh, I think that's his last name. And... He he's very talented in what he does. He like draws these pictures and whatnot. But we're out there trying to. We we this is how we do. It. We're like, hey, we're doing a spiritual survey. Would you be interested in taking it? And we ask like, how do you think we got here? How do you think mankind got here? And then you know he'll answer. Well, what do you think man's purpose is? You know he'll answer. And then you know there's two more broad questions. Well, why do you think this? And then we'll try to like stir like their thoughts. Like what. Is behind these reasons they believe what they believe. And then we like, hey, let, can we share a story with you? And we'll like share the gospel with them and kind of explain what we believe as Christians and whatnot. But I had that one guy talk about recycling energy. His spirit is, um, 
his his spirit is energy and he recycles back into the universe. Another guy said, you know, he just he's not interested in religion. Um, and you can just imagine, like, no one knew the gospel. And I took this predetermined, like, I I just I was blown away at how wrong I was. Um, oh yeah, no, I think that um, it's a good point because I think that so few know the gospel, but so many have a a conception of Christian Christianity as a whole and like like a preconceived idea. Like most people. I or I want to say that I think that a lot of people have had a experience with with or their families have experience with a church or a, or a Christian person and they kind of have this idea of God and whatever they think or or maybe that's why they don't like God is because of you know something that those people have done or they don't like the idea of it because oh if you're a Christian then like you know why are you like this towards me? You know what I mean? Yeah. But almost all people, um, don't have a relate, like don't have a like relationship with God. Basically. Like they don't have a, um, they don't like actively believe, but they have like some, like they've definitely heard like Jesus. Like they're not like completely like, you know, like what, who is this? Like, the bible christian like it's still popular so i don't know that's just what i've that's just what i think but i I mean well what i've what i've kind of been learning is that i think you're right people i've heard of jesus but what i like this like for example i told you recently brayden i've had the past couple weeks has been amazing god's been working i've had people open up to me you know one of my buddies um from my freshman year of college opened up to me and, you know, he like, what, what is this? Like he, he was like inquiring about this Christian deal. And I always thought he was religious. I always thought he was a Christian, but I never took the time to really look into what he had to like, what he believed in and, you know, asked him and whatnot. Um, but people know who Jesus is, but do you know the gospel? I asked another person, yeah. um, um, like, do you know what the gospel message is? And they said, you know, praise Jesus. Like they they couldn't tell me what the message was, what the gospel means. And like that's heartbreaking because like Jesus is not a historical figure. I mean he is a historical figure, but that's not his importance. Like what he was preaching is is, is his importance. If yeah. you don't know the gospel message then like that's that's where i find my hope that's where christians find their hope is in the message that christ presented and, yeah well you're like mess- when you worship jesus you worship every part of jesus like every moral he he has every you know what i mean it's like you're also worshiping his morals and you're gonna um pursue those morals as well in your own life you know yeah and I I just like my brain and my my thinking has just been fixed on like this this gospel message lately. I like when I read this gospel, I'm just blown away. Like I still sometimes like lose my breath. Like this is amazing. Like this gospel message is not just for the lost; it is for the believers as well. You need it just as much as when you're Come lost. As, you know what I'm saying? And like if you aren't just like blown away by this message and like. Like I want to give my life to Jesus. Like this is 
this is radical. This is truth. Reanalyze something. You know what I'm saying? I had a, I had a verse. It's in uh, Luke six forty three through forty six, I believe. So no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a, a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from from briars from brewers. I don't know. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Um, whenever I go to a grocery store, every time I um, get my my um, whatever I bought, I always say God bless you. And the people that I come up to and look like they have hope and joy and excite like excited whenever i say god bless you they'll say god bless you too and you that's like a a, you know what is stored in those people's hearts it seems like there's something in them that has uh more of a willingness for god and like you know they have the fruit like they're they're showing love to me they're showing joy to me you know for kind of for no reason you know to hear the ones that though they're like oh god bless you too and i'm like okay you know that's you know that's the fruit of you know having uh like a knowledge of god you know having a wisdom about god uh and relationship but um and it's only happened rare like only happened a couple times to me like it's rare like when you mentioned this like oh god bless you i take it I, I I guess I would hold a different viewpoint on that. When I see fruit, fruit for me is more than, oh, God bless you. Because everyone says God bless you in Pope, Texas. Everyone says, you know what I'm saying? It's like a, it's a very common term. It's almost where I'm from is everyone says it. And in Pope, Texas, nine, like I would say 90% of the people in Pope, Texas, there's 1,800 people, um, would classify as like, I mean, it's Catholic, but some form of christian god believing people but statistically saying like the bible says that's statistically not true you know what i'm saying and like the point being like you say fruit and and you know god bless you i think it's i think it's more than that right i would say that it's hard because like there's i know i know like some really um some really strong Christians out of the rodeo culture, but as a whole, um, you know, you're going to be, you're just going to be like Christian. Like you're going to be, um, like it's kind of what you're predetermined. Like It's like, it's a culture. Like you are, if you're a cowboy, you fear God. It's like, I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's like a, yeah, I don't know how, it's just a culture. Yeah. It, it's a culture like you. And I mean, it's, you think about, um, I mean, conservative, like, what's the mantra? You know, exactly. God bless America. Like, you know, like, there's nothing. Um, I would say, though, it's more of a, like, sometimes it's a, how can I say this? Like, sometimes I feel like Jesus has been westernized. Even, all, like, on the Sundays at Rodeo Sundays, there's a church service every Rodeo Sunday. I mean, every Rodeo Sunday. 
And, uh, you know, there are times whenever, like, there's some good gospel preached, and I'm just like, you know, there's some good to this, too. Like, at least we're... At least we're acknowledging this and we're giving this an opportunity. But um, there was a time in my life where I was like, I'm, I don't even know. Like, I'm going to try to seek something out. I don't, I don't even know. And I feel like that's kind of the issue. Like, there's no question. There's no questioning. Like, there's no, not that you should ever question that God's real, but seeking something out, like seeking out of your own volition, like, Jesus dying on the cross for me, I heard it. I heard it my whole life, so I was like, "That doesn't mean a thing." Like until it yeah, means, you could say you until can repeat it means that information. Yeah, until it means something to you, there's all like good and bad to it. But I'd say the main thing is that sometimes I can keep the people in a cloud to where they never feel like they have to seek God because they have a already understanding they think that you know like why like i'm doing good on my own and i'm gonna do me you know what i mean but i don't know that's just kind of what i felt from it yeah and the reason i kind of asked you about that is because i've seen a lot of connections to both to how you describe that um and basically my heart behind saying this is not judging people like, oh, you're not as good of a Christian as me. My heart is, you know, a pastor said one time, if 5 to 10% of his congregation is saved, that's good. Like, there's two categories. There's a category of lost people who don't know, and there's a category, category of people who call themselves Christian. And we read in Matthew 5 or 6 or 7, it's right there that people who proclaim the name of, yeah, let me read it. It says, Matthew, this is Matthew 7. So it says, Not everyone who says to me and says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you works are lawlessness. So, Lord, Lord, did we not say good things in your name did we not say we were christians did we not did we not preach in your name you know it, it's not about proclaiming jesus if you don't know who he is then it's not like like in poe texas um my fear is that people like like you call yourself a christian you gotta know in that discipleship class i'm doing um we're talking about Luke 10. Luke 10 is that passage um, where it says, go in two. He sends out the 72. And uh, um, he sends out the 72 to go evangelize, right? And he says, heal the sick, all that. Um, in that passage, he says, it's this idea of your, it says the, the, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. And when you look at it in this text, I'm trying to remember where it was, but... Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, right? So when you think of laborers, I'm thinking like, oh, myself, like I'm that laborer. Like pray for this laborer. But Jesus, what he's saying here, it says pray for, I'm a laborer, pray for who you're spreading the gospel to. So if I'm spreading the gospel to your brain, you're a non-believer. The goal is not for me just to spread my truth, spread my knowledge, and then that's it. The goal is to multiply the kingdom of God, right? 
The goal is for me to spread that truth, and that's a door to open so that you then become a laborer for Christ, and you then, therefore, go and evangelize, if mm. that makes sense. It's not sure. about... It's not about me, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's not about me saying this about the rodeo crowd. It's not about this, uh, about talking about Po Texas, you know, stereotyping, judging. It's about, I'm trying to multiply the kingdom. Do you know who Jesus is? And if you do know who Jesus is, well, let's let's go grow his kingdom, right? And this, this idea of fruit, you know, um, how do you know you are a Christian, right? If you, you read that scripture to start off. If you have fruit, if you are producing fruit, which is love, earnest, you're loving your neighbor, you are worshiping, you you are repenting. Repentance is a form of fruit. Um, then that is evidence of conversion. But if you call yourself a Christian and you are pursuing worldly things with almost more intentionality than before you called yourself a Christian, then you're not a Christian. If you can pursue sin with no regard, if you can pursue sin with no conviction, no, uh, it's called, oh, sorrow over your sin because godly sorrow leads to repentance, then you are not a Christian. And I can say that with a whole heart. In in America, we can live thinking that there's something that's going to make us happy. You know, if we get this, well, if we get this next promotion, if we, if we, if we, if we, all the time, and it, we can be stuck in that, and look up, and you're not pursuing anything of meaning for your whole life. You're not pursuing anything that is eternal for your whole life, you know? 100%. And but I was going to ask one thing on, so, so you feel like fruit is like uh, fruits of the Spirit, like, Say I'm looking at you, Brayden, and I'm looking for fruit in your life. So I'm not God. I don't judge you, but we are allowed in Scripture. It tells us we can judge the fruit of other people to determine whether we think they are believers or non-believers. So if I'm looking at you, Brayden, I'm like, okay, I've seen repentance in his life. I've seen him. Um, I've seen love, his love for God. I've seen him worshiping Jesus. I've seen him love his neighbor. I've seen him attend church i've seen him um have meekness humbleness i've seen a change of his heart um you know those are all fruits um and those are evidences of your conversion right you you see uh you know it says you've passed from death to life how can saul who's paul how can saul go from persecuting the church to preaching this gospel there is a change of heart, and if and, and, and that change of heart produces fruit. And if you don't see fruit in someone's life, then you're not saying, well, I'm better than you. You're saying, okay, help, let me help you understand this gospel. Do you know the gospel? Do, how, do you um, know what the gospel message is? That's um, yeah. my point. And the point I'm trying to make, too, is do we know the gospel? This is... Like you were talking about, you were talking about hope, Brayden. I don't like to talk about it. You know, that's one thing I've done in the past is talk about like, oh, you got to believe this, you got to believe this. And I've actually grown in that. But the way we spread the gospel, we don't spread the gospel like do this or go to hell. It's there is a hope in Jesus that um, this is good news. You don't present this good news in a bad manner, right? You don't present this like, hey, follow these rules and you'll go to heaven. We get to follow Jesus, and I kind of want to just talk about the gospel again, like elaborate on the gospel because 
this gospel's just been on my mind. But Romans three, nineteen. So basically, when you read the Old Testament, the idea is that you know you follow the Ten Commandments. If you think you follow the Ten Commandments, I urge you to like see if you actually follow Ten Commandments because they were put in place to let you know that you weren't perfect because the Ten Commandments are perfection. When you read Romans three nineteen, it says, "Now that we know." That whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. The Ten Commandments were put in place so that human beings can know they are not perfect. It is, it, it is there so we can become, like it says, so we can become knowledgeable of our sin. Um... And if you have ever lied, cheated, and still lusted after a woman, read Matthew 5 through 7. You have sinned. You have fallen short of God. I have fallen short of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no degrees to this. Um, Braden, I don't know if you want to elaborate, but if not, yeah, I have another. I would, I would gladly. The, uh, it's so important that we have a. Um, we understand that. These are God's standards, like, and we've broken God's standards. And uh, if if someone kills someone one time, that makes them a murderer. And so that means if you've if you've lied one time, then you've been a liar. I mean, and once you understand, you've like like it says like this allows us to have knowledge of. What was exactly say the the knowledge it says, of through the law you? I already turned the page. Through the law you have knowledge of your sin. The law um, doesn't. The law doesn't give us life. The Ten Commandments no. don't give us life. Right. It only highlights the areas where we are in need of a savior. Highlights our in iniquities. Yeah, and that like whenever that's what like why it's important that. We also have a understanding of the Old Testament and New Testament because I think that's where some people kind of get off on. But it says that Jesus was like, tell me if I'm wrong. Like Jesus was like the fulfillment of like of the law. Oh, he is. Yes. Yeah, he's the fulfillment 100%. of the law. So you can't separate like the law is good. It it allows us to have knowledge of what's right and wrong. So that we can understand what God, like what is Jesus' grace is doing, what God's grace is doing. So we can understand that we have to have knowledge of wrongdoing, of what our moral compass is. And that, like that really, um, once that kind of, that was a big thing in my life because it changed the way I thought about, oh, God's not different. In the Old Testament to New Testament, there's nothing like He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like He, God's always the same, and uh, Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't say He didn't. Some people have this thing where like Jesus ratified the, um, the the law, like of course, like okay, to a point He created. He was grace. Like He He's basically what allowed for pure grace to happen because he took he took all of the sin but the 
there's still the moral compass. There's still the morals. There's still, you know, there's still the, the, the other parts of that that are important to acknowledge and continue in. He says, yeah, I, I looked up your scripture, that, that you, you, the fulfillment of the law. The law, I'm going I'm to clarify it again. The law tells us of our iniquities. We are not perfect. And in Matthew 5, 17, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets before me. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For I truly say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota nor a dot or like a single letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these, one of the least of these command, commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So it says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. The Pharisees followed the rules to the T, right? And, they were, and it says the Pharisees were wicked. They were not right. See, the law... It says in Romans four, I believe that if you want to, if you want to follow the law, if you want to, you know, don't don't follow Jesus. You will earn your wages. Your your wages will be counted towards you, and your way you will be paid what you deserve. Basically, you want to do it your own way, you will you will be paid. But Jesus came to fulfill the law, and He was a perfect atonement for our sins. Um. And I had this is the original scripture I was going to read. It's Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among who, whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. It says right here, you were once dead in your trespasses, trespasses and sins. Sin leads to death. Romans 3.23 or Romans something. The wages of sin is death. We deserve as human beings. If you have sinned, the punishment is capital punishment. You deserve death. And following the course of this world, we this idea that we were once, we are all children of God. You know, Joe Blow down the street who's an atheist. He's a child of God. That's false. You are a child of God once you accept Jesus into your heart. And we are all wicked. We used to carry out the passions of our flesh. And we were children of the prince of the power of the air, the devil. Like the, like our, our flesh, our, we're evil. We are all evil. But Jesus, this is Ephesians 2.4. And if you fast forward a little bit to uh, Ephesians 2.7, for by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not of your own doing, but it is the gift from God, so that no man by, may boast. It is a gift from God. It is by faith alone that we are saved. And yeah, I'm, you go ahead, but I'm freaking. I'm I'm just here with it. I'm right there. Yeah, that's. I mean, for sure. I mean, simple as that. Jesus is saying, "I'm going to die for you, so that you can." continue in seeking righteousness and when you stumble when you make mistakes like my death will cover that and now you can pursue it wholeheartedly once again you know every time you turn from sin you're forgiven i mean that's i love that so much and like there's no, no reason to be too uh like to 
try to break that down much further, like we have to understand that when we do something wrong, we simply have to say, God, that was not right. I'm done. I, I'm not going to do that. How how nice is that? Like we can literally just say that wasn't good. And then you can go right back to seeking God. Like that's, I mean, that's pretty simple to me. You know, it's simple, simple enough for me. Hey, when I was on uh, with Matt Keller, we talked about Catholicism, obviously, but he ended just talking about Jesus. And he said that question, it w- will always come up that, oh, so we can do whatever we want. You expect that question to come. That's what he said. Um, because this this grace that God presents us is so radical. And like a lot of times people don't understand the gospel because it's so simple that they're like, there's no way this can be true. Like, I, I there's something required of me. There's no way I, I don't have to do anything. Well, yeah, well, like, but that's a good point, though. You, I think that God set that in us to think that there has to be repayment for what's happened. Well, once you understand the payment that has happened, then you can accept it. But, like, if you don't really believe in the payment, then you're going to have, have a hard time accepting, you know, what's happened, you know, what's been done, like, um, and even in the Old Testament, there was payment for every sin, and, you know, that's what that guilt, we're like, something like, we got, like, okay, you playing basketball, you have a turnover, you're like, I'm gonna get him off the backboard right here, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta make a repayment, you know, and, um, that's actually a point, like, for me, becoming a Christian has changed my basketball so much, because I, I don't feel like I have to have payback. I don't have to feel like there's a needs to be a repayment for what happened. Like I can just continue. I can I can just go forward and be like, dang, that wasn't that wasn't that good. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do better next time, and then I can just keep going, you know, and, and continue trying. Dude, so this guy named Trey at Open Gym uh, on Thursday nights, he gets up there. He's a pretty good public speaker. He up, gets up there. He shared his testimony one time, and then yes, or Thursday, he shared the gospel. And it, you know, you've always, I always hear this analogy of like, you know, God's grace and God like presents His salvation. Like it's, it's a gift, right? It's like a Christmas gift. And he always says like, we can choose whether we want to accept it or not. But I, I kind of want to elaborate on it. This message that God presents is like a Christmas gift. Right, and if I'm giving you a Christmas gift, you can choose to accept it, right? You you don't have to accept this Christmas gift. But the thing is that someone had to go to Walmart to pay physically cash a check, cash a swipe their debit card or give cash for that gift to give to you. So this gift that is accessible, like don't get it twisted. This gift is accessible to everybody in the world. It's not confined to a small group of people. Um, it's free to everyone. But it came at a cost that only Jesus can pay. We can never physically in our own bodies ever uh, make enough money, do enough good works, um, love enough people, um, go to church enough to ever even come close to even compare to what Jesus did on the cross. Like that's the, the, the cost that Jesus paid for us so that we have access to the Father through him. Yeah, basically value the cross like value what he value what jesus has done so that you can actually have value on your own life like you can't unless you understand how much jesus paid then 
you're simply not going to understand how much he cares about you. Like, if you don't have, you know, if you don't understand that, you know, that is the principle, like, for identity. You know, you have your identity in Christ because he supplanted, like, he he did this with no alternate ambition. His, His whole ambition was to have more with him, to have more, and so that people could just live with him. It says that like like Jesus literally like this was this was God's heart like Jesus was is God like this is what God's heart was like you know how how important is that that you understand what like this is God's heart for us you know enough to literally die but be whipped and you know to I mean just crazy you know crazy um, you know, beyond recognition, he was he was whipped beyond you know being recognized as a man. Um, hundred percent. I mean, how like if that is God's heart for you, you know, if that is His amount of care, then like you, it doesn't matter if you value your own life. It, it's already valued. If you don't care about your own life, okay. Give it up then, and give it to Jesus, and let Him put His stamp of value on it. Like, let's quit trying to value ourselves, and like, like let's God, let's let God do the valuing. You know, He He's He's the one that can evaluate best. I feel like I think that'd be a fair assumption. And like, like the word you, I tend to try to it says in first corinthians do not do not speak with eloquent words or words of wisdom like the philosophers of this day and age because that empties the power of the cross like the only thing i can do to evangelize to whoever's listening to this right now is read this scripture i like it's kind of crazy actually um like when i think about this gospel message and i hear i like try to try to illustrate how i feel to somebody it's like oh it's like drinking water for the first time it's like breathing air for the first time it gives me life joy but there's no way to describe it with human words like this is just a tangent but you read the bible you're like oh how like what um for example what does a new christian feel first peter 1 7 for there is an inexpressible joy that even though we do not see him we love him and we receive the end result of our faith, the salvation of our souls. Like that scripture diagnoses what I feel right now as a Christian. But I can't make these words up. It, it tells it, it's all scripture. It's all God's words. Um, um, and that's well. That's why it says that you gotta take like, unless you take this as a child, like you're not gonna get it. Like oh yeah, you gotta. We have to keep it simple because like. Jesus made it so simple so that all could understand, you know, even children. So if we don't take it like children, then we're not going to see the kingdom of God. Like, we're not going to understand. 